This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, June 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Kellen Walker. Jamie's out on vacation. Today on the show, Stellantis faces federal conspiracy charges. General Motors Cruise scores its first permit to offer paid driverless car rides in California. And Elon Musk wants to cut jobs at Tesla. Plus, Fix Ops Digital CEO Owen Moon talks about how marketing can help dealership service departments hold onto drivers of older, out-of-warranty vehicles. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The U.S. Justice Department has charged Stellantis with criminal conspiracy. It says the automaker tried to evade emissions requirements for more than 100,000 older Ram pickup trucks and Jeep SUVs with diesel engines. Last week, Stellantis agreed to plead guilty to a criminal conspiracy charge as part of the probe and to pay about $300 million in penalties. Prosecutors accused Stellantis of deceiving U.S. regulators and selling vehicles knowing that they did not meet U.S. emission standards. They also say the company deceived customers by making, quote, false and misleading representations. In other Stellantis news, the automaker says it will retool its Windsor assembly plant in Ontario to produce vehicles on its new STLA large electric vehicle platform. Stellantis has said the platform can achieve up to 500 miles of driving range. It says the electric airflow crossover concept that it debuted this year will reside on the STLA large platform. Auto Forecast Solutions predicts that the next Dodge Challenger and Charger muscle cars will also be housed on the platform. Retooling is slated to begin next year. Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, says he wants to cut about 10% of jobs at the EV automaker worldwide. That's what he said in an email to executives on Thursday, seen by Reuters. Musk says in the email that he has a, quote, super bad feeling about the economy. There's a growing chorus of warnings from business leaders about the risk of recession. According to its annual SEC filing, Tesla employed almost 100,000 people at the end of 2021. That includes the company and its subsidiaries. And GM's Cruise is the first company to secure a permit to charge for self-driving car rides in San Francisco. That's despite some objections from city officials. The California Public Utilities Commission approved Cruise's permit on Thursday in a 4-0 vote. The permit was Cruise's final hurdle in California. The company plans to launch paid services within the next couple of weeks, using up to 30 driverless Chevy Bolt EVs. The permit puts strict limits on how fast the vehicles can travel and where they're allowed to go in the city, among other things. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, a lack of new vehicle inventory at dealerships has shifted some of the marketing money, typically used for sales to service departments instead. Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine talks with Fix Ops Digital CEO Owen Moon about how service directors can capitalize on the opportunity. That's next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, Service Manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, Fixed Operations Director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. 
before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in, it helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk and the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Kellen Walker. According to the latest statistics, the average age of vehicles on the road today is 12 years old. And once a customer's warranty or prepaid service contract expires, up to 70% of them will go somewhere other than the dealership for service maintenance and repairs. Owen Moon is the CEO of Fixed Ops Digital. He talks with our own Dan Shine about how the right mix of marketing can help dealership service departments attract and retain drivers of older vehicles. Here's that conversation. Owen Moon, CEO of Fixed Ops Digital. Welcome to Daily Drive. Hey, Dan. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for uh, being with us. Before we get into the topic that I want to kind of cover today, tell me a little bit about service marketing, where it is today as opposed to, let's say, five years ago. Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I get it a lot, actually, because, you know, obviously, as the uh, premier service marketing and technology company in automotive, this has been kind of why we exist, right? I mean, most service marketing up to this point, um, or at least over the last, you know, 10, 15 years has been really driven by loyalty campaigns and, you know, past customers, lost customers, things like that, really tapping into the dealership's DMS and putting together strategies and campaigns around that. Many of those campaigns are being utilized with email marketing, uh, direct mail campaigns, things like that. And so fortunately for us, I guess, you know, what we've noticed and what we've seen is that the service customers changed. But in many cases, the strategies that we utilize as an industry to try to reach those customers haven't. And so, you know, that's why we've decided to, you know, kind of bring more of our strategies online to try to reach that online customer because customers are going online to, you know, look for information to try to, you know, educate themselves about services that they might need to keep those vehicles running longer and, and keep them running uh, during that vehicle ownership. You know, so that's what we're seeing out there is just a kind of a trend moving, not necessarily moving away. I mean, I think that there is some budget shifting when you look at advertising, but, you know, focusing more on other areas that we can make an impact. So let's kind of launch into what those other areas might be. And I know there's uh, all sorts of, you know, kind of turmoil in the auto industry uh, today, especially new car sales, <laughs> things like that. So what are you seeing in the market today and how are you kind of fixed up digital kind of addressing, you know, what, what dealerships need? That's a, another great question. I, you know, we've noticed a huge difference in the amount of traffic that we're getting to the website for service, right? For anything fixed operations related. So service parts, 
tires, collision, accessories. These are all great profit centers that uh, dealerships can really take advantage of, especially during you know, times when, you know, maybe there are other factors that are affecting their business. In case in point, the chip shortage, you know, with not as many new cars on the lot, uh, you know, it's really changed how dealerships are operating their business. And so, you know, more focus has been put on used cars. Obviously, uh, used cars need to be fixed. And so, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, what we're seeing is also a, a new uh, focus or a renewed focus, I should say, on the service side of the business. And so that's one thing that uh, that we've noticed is just there's been a lot more traffic coming to the website, obviously, to have good content and information out there is great. Uh, but one other thing that just sort of recently came out and it's kind of ties right into, you know, sort of our philosophies or our methodology is the average vehicle has now pushed over 12 years you know, on the road today. Part of that, I think, has been because of COVID. You know, people were trading as much during the 2020 uh, into early 2021, and then moving right into the chip shortage. I think we've, you know, sort of also seen this play a big factor in that. So, you know, the average vehicle on the road for 12 years, you know, as I kind of mentioned, things are going to break, you know, things are going to break down. And so late ownership services are been really not only a strategy that our clients have have really you know kind of focused on, but but just in general, I think dealerships need to really look at late ownership services as a key part of their strategy going forward because you know these are the later services, the after the warranty's up. You know, Toyota has a two-year prepaid maintenance program. What happens after that, right? That's when customers really start to do shopping. They want they don't want to overpay for service, so they're going to look for where can they maybe get the best value or the best uh, you know the best price on on some of those services that maybe they're not used to doing because they they trade every few years and now obviously that trade cycle has been you know sort of uh, interrupted. Yeah, I saw. I think uh, IHS Market says the uh, average age is now twelve point one yeah. as of as of last year, and I'm one of those uh, owners. I buy. In fact, my 2010 Acura wouldn't start this morning, so I had to get a ride to work. That's, that's, that's your story. Uh, so something to deal with tonight. So like you said, you know, the warranty's up. Maybe your prepaid service contract is up. Defection as high as 70% of those people, customers go away from the dealership. How do you keep them? But also how do you, if they're gone, they're, they're down the street at the independent shop, they're at the Pet Boys. How do you as a dealership, how do you help your dealership clients reel them back in to bring that 14-year-old vehicle, a nine-year-old vehicle, like you said, would have all sorts of things that probably need to get fixed on it. How do you uh, help your dealership clients kind of reel them back into the to the dealership service department? Well, I think the first thing, and, and we do this on the sales side so well, right? We merchandise our vehicles so well. In, in most cases, most dealerships that are doing anything uh, online, they've really dialed in and they've uh, you know embraced the whole merchandising side. What I mean by merchandising is, you know, they're showing consumers what types of vehicles they have, obviously with, you know, uh, showcasing their new and used vehicles, but also taking it a step further, telling a good story about the vehicle. How can I buy it or lease it? You know, what rebates are available? Now, not so much these days with what's going on, but that's kind of where merchandising has sort of taken us on the sales side. Well, taking that same approach, but making it for service, right? merchandising those late ownership services, letting customers know that, hey, we do break services, we do alignments, we do transmissions. You know, these are all big, I guess you could say, 
higher margin, higher dollar ROs, mostly customer pay. So it's great opportunities for our dealership service departments to make money there, as opposed to, you know, the maintenance schedules and oil changes and things where maybe it's, it's a good retention play, right? Bringing people in every 90 days or six months to, to get an oil change, but we're not making any money on those. And so this is really our chance to make good customer pay revenue taking advantage of this situation. So having that information online, I think is, is crucial. Obviously on starts on your website. If you do it correctly and you build it organically into the website, Google can then pick that up and they can then turn around and start to index that content, help you get more visibility on Google and then drive more of those conquest customers into your website. But to the second part of your question was what happens if you lose them? You know, losing them obviously makes it tougher, not only for us to get them back in for service, but also get back in for that next vehicle purchase. So, you know, if we can get more visibility online and we get customers out there searching, you know, hopefully that we can going to bring them back that way. Also, though, you know, at some point you're probably going to have to pay for that, right? You're going to have to, you know, do social media campaigns, paid search campaigns, you know, email marketing, things like that. So having a good strategy to reach a, a lost soul, for example, let's say you have someone that hasn't been in your dealership for 24 months. Hey, I want to put together a campaign to be able to reach those customers. Well, would you rather drive that customer directly into a scheduler or would you rather drive them into maybe a content page that really explains that service, explains why they should come back to the dealership. What are the amenities that uh, the dealership offers? You know, the fact that we have the right equipment and the right OEM fluids and parts. These, this all goes into the message of why a customer should come to the dealership as opposed to, you know, come to uh, a Jiffy Lube or one of the third party or independents out there. We just haven't done a really great job as an industry, you know, putting that information out there for customers and making it accessible for them to be able to do that research on their own. All right, Owen, one last question for you before we go. Now that you know, there's not as many new vehicles to sell, are you seeing more of that advertising marketing budget being shifted to the, you know, the back end of the store, the fixed ops department? Are they getting more, more money to, to spend to kind of, to kind of promote what they do in, in the dealership? Yeah, you know, 100%. When we first started this uh, four years ago, you know, things were great, right? We were selling cars, we were making money, and people, you know, were still utilizing a lot of those uh, old marketing strategies that I kind of laid out at the beginning of this. What we've seen ever since COVID even is that as we put more focus on the service side of the business, as it's become a much bigger part of our revenue opportunities, we're seeing a lot more of those budgets move over to the uh, the service side. So obviously that's been good for us, but I think it's needed. I mean, I think that as we continue to push more services and, and kind of focus on other areas of the fixed ops department uh, with accessories and collision, that type of thing, it was only natural that eventually more of the, the advertising budget would go to that. Owen Moon, CEO of Fixed Ops Digital. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on fixed ops, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.